It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Praise you, 
God bless the children of God. We once again greet each of you in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our soon coming King. We do thank God again today for another opportunity to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. We bless the true and living God this evening. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic. As you promote the kingdom of God, God will promote you. Looked at capital A in our outline, what is the kingdom? Matthew twelve twenty eight, Mark four and twenty six. We looked at where is the kingdom, Luke seventeen twenty one, Mark one and fifteen. Looked at capital C, why some are excluded. Matthew nineteen twenty four, Matthew twenty three and thirteen. And brings us on down to capital D in our outline, entrance requirements. 
is actually doing is taking us right back over a scripture that we just finished looking at. Entrance requirements. You will find that when we looked at capital B, we looked at Mark 1 and 15, and you'll see that in that same scripture where it talked about where is the kingdom, that, that you know the kingdom was near, but then right after explaining how near the kingdom was, God gives entrance requirements. Capital D in our outline, entrance requirements, Mark chapter 1, verse 15, again. The Bible says, Jesus, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. But then he said, repent and believe the good news, capital D, entrance requirements. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. We bless your holy name. We praise you. We magnify you. We adore you. We laud and magnify your most holy name. We ask, Father, that you'll speak to us, your little children, this evening. Show us something in these holy scriptures that we haven't seen before. Open our eyes and ears of understanding that we may comprehend the height, the breadth, the length, and the depth of your holy word. We ask that you do these things for us in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen and amen. Entrance requirements. God says, Robert, understand something about my kingdom. And I'm just hearing, hearing the Lord on this right here. God says there are entrance requirements for my kingdom to get in you and there are entrance requirements for you to get in my kingdom. Remember on one occasion Jesus had to tell one group, he said, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation. Neither will men say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Well, there are entrance requirements. There are things that you and I must do in order for the kingdom to enter into us. You've got to confess with your mouth. You've got to believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and that God has raised him from the dead. You've got to repent. You've got to be, there are things that you and I must do in order to, king, to get the kingdom in us. Well, the kingdom is so awesome, God said, Robert, that not only does it get in you, but you get in it. Most things is either one or the other. I can't get in my car and get, and get my car in me at the same time. But the kingdom of God is so awesome that you and I get in us, and we can get in it. But there are entrance requirements. God says there are entrance requirements for the kingdom to enter into you, and there are entrance requirements for you to enter into the kingdom. The kingdom of God is near. We understand that. Okay, we, we, we understand that we are living in the last days, that Jesus Christ can come any time, that, that, that the, you know, uh, we understand that. But then God repent and believe. God said, now here are the entrance requirements for you, not only to get into the kingdom, but for the kingdom to get in you. Repent and believe. Repent. Allow the word of God and the spirit of God to make you godly sorry 
for your sins. Okay? Not, not just penance, not just feeling bad about them. Uh-uh. You've got to allow the word of God and the spirit of God to make you godly sorry. Godly Repentance is godly sorrow that leads to a change. It's got to, it's God's word and his spirit. You got, you've got to allow it to make you godly sorry. See, if all God's word is doing is making you sorry, and that's that making you sorry for what you have done, and see, that, that's, that's one of the ways that you can tell whether you are penitent or whether you are repentant. See, when you are repentant, you're godly. It's a godly sorrow, a godly sorrow that leads to a change. When it's just repentance, you're just sorry that you did that. Don't plan to change. Don't plan to turn. We want to repent. And believe. Well, what do we now start believing? God, the same word of God that we had been previously not believing. The same word of God that we had been previously fighting. The same word of God that we had been previously resisting. Now we believe that. God is flashing Saul later to be called the Apostle Paul in my mind. He was convinced from his own admission that he ought to do all that he possibly could to destroy the name of Jesus. He was convinced. That was, that was just how the devil had, had him moving. But once he, God's power, God's word, and God's spirit got a hold of him, the very thing that he was fighting adamantly against he was now fighting adamantly for. There are some of you all under the sound of my voice that there are some things that you are fighting against doing, fighting against saying, fighting against going adamantly now that when God's power, God's word, and God's spirit gets a hold of you, you'll be fighting to do those things. You'll be fighting to say those things. You'll be fighting to get to those places. You got to believe. Repent. See, repentance is necessary for proper belief when it comes down. You need, you need to keep that in mind. Repentance is necessary. Because, see, until you repent, you don't believe you need to be saved. You don't, see, you don't see the necessity of that. Repentance will lead you to salvation. It'll have you godly sorry enough to the place where you'll be crying out like the people when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, what must we do to be saved? Well, what do we need to do? What, 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 what? Because repentance will always call for a change. Repentance won't leave you feeling like you can just carry on. Like If you feel like you can just carry on like you've been carrying on, you ain't repented of that. Any sin you feel like you can just commit and just keep going on with that, that's not the sin you haven't repented of. And that's, that's a very dangerous sin. Because it's unrepented sin that fall dangerously close to blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Remember, why was Jesus talking about those religious leaders, how, you know, anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Ghost, you know, it, that's unforgivable sin? Why? Because they keep right on doing it. Keep right on doing it. Keep right on doing it. It'd be different if the religious leaders had said something against Jesus, had said something against what he was doing, and then, you know, had a change in mind like, like Saul and realized, hey, you know, this is you doing right, Jesus. But they kept right on. They kept right on. They kept right on. 
as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. He just saw two brothers throwing a net in the lake. And he began to reveal to them their destiny. Say, Apostle, what's driving that? A lot of times, a lot of times, you can see an individual's destiny in what their hands have already been set to do. You know, you, you take, for instance, you see somebody that, that, that's, that's working hard at something before they, you know, really, really get going for God. Well, then if they come in and really start working real, real hard for the things of God, that's not going to shock you too much because you remember how they was in that other thing that they love or that other thing that they were doing. Well, Jesus, he comes in and he sees some men that are casting a net into a lake, for they were fishermen. And he tells them, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Some of the same skills that you've been using to get them fish out of the lake will be some of the same skills that you'll be using to get men and women out of darkness and into the kingdom of God. Some of the same skills. I, I, I shared with some of the things around here. You know, I've been going, to, been going down to Africa about 13 years, and it's just been the last few months that God has revealed to me what I really need to be saying to many of his people there. In the last few months, been preaching, been sweating, been traveling, and God just revealed to me. This was a revelation for these, these disciples early in the ministry that there's a great between what you was doing and what you are going to be doing. And a lot of times, God, God do like that. God do like that. A lot of times. He'll be using, because the Bible says that the steps of a good man have been ordered by the Lord. God will be using me or you in some, maybe some secular field or some, on some carnal job or something, preparing us because he knows what we're going to have, what we're going to do in the future. Remember, they were got himself chased all around the Judean country and wilderness by Saul, who was the first king. So why was God allowed? Why would God be in such a position? Because God knew that one day David was going to be king and he needed to know the kingdom. One day David became king. God knew this. While Saul was chasing him around, throwing spears at him, David was running from one city to the next city, running from one, one little town to the next town because God knew one day he was going to be king and he needed to know, his, he needed to know the kingdom. So you say, Apostle, what's driving that? Just kind of always be mindful and sensitive to God in regards to what he has you doing now. Because a lot of times now, he will have, he's preparing you. God is, whether we realize it or not, whether we comprehend it or not, whether we understand it, God is for always preparing us for another move. 
All right, God said, give it to him in parable form, Robert. Some of them, some of them are not getting it. A good chess player thinks four and five moves ahead. Good chess player is not just moving his pawn just to be moving it. Good chess player or a good checkers player or good somebody that's a good strategist, they are thinking four or five moves ahead. In other words, they're thinking that, all right, if I move my right here and he do this and he do this right here, and if he do that right there, he would do this right here. And then once I do that, he's probably going to do this right here. Well, don't chess player, good checkers player, a good basketball player, a good ping pong player, a good tennis player. Do you think Venus and Serena Williams and them just hitting the ball just to be hitting the ball? No, they're hitting the ball. I'm going to hit it over here to your forehand, get you running real, real good. Then I'm going to watch you as you're trying to get back to the center court just as fast as your hand, fast as you can. Then I'm going to hit it back over there again behind you because you don't move as fast backwards as you do forward. I'm thinking, hey, if, if we be thinking ahead, what do you think the creator of all things and the preserver of light and life be doing? thinking ahead. Jesus told us, in my father's house, there are many mansions, many rooms in the new international world. Well, what has God done? Has already made preparation. God said, look, y'all. <laughs> God said, look, y'all. I already know exactly how many people are going to be coming into my house. God said, I already know. Y'all don't know. God said, Robert, you don't know. That's why you got to keep that on scattering this word like I tell you and keep that on going where I tell you to go and preaching what I tell you to preach. But God said, look, I already know. God said, Robert, I already know every soul that's going to get saved up under your ministry. And I already know every soul that I'm going to send straight to hell. Oh, God said, I already know. God said, I got the exact number of rooms that will comfortably fit the exact number of people that I already know I'm going to bring in heaven. God said, I already know. God said, it's just me. God said, I made hell for the devil and his angels, but make no mistake about it. God said, I knew exactly how many souls were going to go in, and I made sure I made it big enough for every soul. And I, I shared this with you all some time ago. There's a first person to do most anything, and there will be a last person. Just like there was a first, there was a first person to go into heaven. We don't know who it was. It might have been Adam, might have been uh, Methuselah, might have been Enoch. We don't, we don't know, but there was a first somebody that died. And went to heaven. First one. All up there with God, all up there with angels. And have watched other souls coming in. Numbers upon masses upon man have watched. And what they, but there was a first. Just like there was a first man. There was a first woman. There was a first murder. There was a, there was a first. And there will be a last. God said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end, because there's a beginning and an end to most everything. There was a first day of Joe, and don't you know there will be a last day? If you don't get yourself together, that last day might be tomorrow. But there's a first day, and there will be a last day. God already know it. God already know it. God what I'm going to do with you, since I'll write your names to draw out, 
allow you to be born at a time when all sorts of Hebrew young men are getting killed. And I'm going to things so that you right over and you get picked up into Pharaoh's household and grow up in Pharaoh's household and understand the customs and the traditions and the ways of these people. And knowing full well that at the appointed time, I guess about 80 years from now, I'm going to send you right back to talk to them people and tell them to let my people go. Who better to go talk to Pharaoh and them than Moses? Moses knew the ways of the palace. Moses knew his way around the palace. Moses knew the procedures. Moses knew the protocol. You think Moses didn't know that there were magicians and there were there were all kind of sorcerers and all kind of different things? Of course he did. This is where he grew up. God said, I'm sending you right back to them. Duh. No. There was a first person to come out of Egypt during the Exodus, and there was a last. There was somebody at the end of all them maybe million plus folk. Wait a minute, y'all. Hold up. Let me get my stuff. Let me. Wait a minute. I'm coming too. And they come trouncing right on out of Egypt. There was a first. There was a laugh. There was a calling, the Bible says, of the first disciples. Then there was the last disciple call. Talking about in Jesus' inner circle. Out of those 12, there was the first one call, then there was the last one call. In the parable of the workers in the village, vineyard, there were individuals that were hired in the early part of the day, and then at the end of the day, there was the last group that was hired. It's always a first. And the last. There's parents out there. You got more than one child. You had a firstborn. Then you got a lastborn. Come. Follow me. And I will make you. Now look at the order. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? See, we just finished preaching from this same portion of scripture just a couple of days ago and God is already giving some new rhema on this. God said until you come and follow me, you cannot be made into what I want you to be. Look at what the Bible says. Come follow me and I will make you into fishes of men. What? We're talking about prerequisites now. We're talking about entrance requirements. Entrance requirements to be made into what? How many of you want to be made into what God wants you to, to be made into? Yeah, of course. We want to be made. Well, God says, look, for before you can be made into what I want you to, what I want to make you into, you must first come and follow me. You say, Apostle, what you're saying to me now, I, I, I'm listening to this broadcast out here, Apostle, and I ain't saved. Well, then if you ain't saved, my brother, you are not even close to your God-ordained potential. You are not even close to what God wants you to be. and You're not even close to what God wants you to do. You're not even close to the blessings that God has for you in it. Close. Because it is through our coming to Jesus and through our following Jesus that we are made into what God, the picture that God had for us in his mind. Sculptor can't make a, a, a masterpiece and the clay is running down the street. Clay done took off running. Clay ain't, Clay's not going to be gonna come to the, in order to be made into the masterpiece. Clay running down the street trying to 
hiding from the from the law of delaying the process of being made into what God wants to make you into. Somebody out there under the sound of my voice, you're running from God and don't even realize God want to make you prosperous. Somebody out there in poverty, broke, couldn't pull a five cent out your pocket. God wants to bless you financially. God wants to bless you materially. God wants to bless and you running from God. You running from your own, you running from your own blessing. God said that my people need to understand that, Robert. That as long as they are trying to run from me, all they are doing is running from their own blessing. So one of the entrance requirements to your blessings is you got to to the Lord. And you got to let him make you. Look at the Bible. At once, they left their nets and followed him. See, this is why some people are able to be made into what God want to make them into earlier than others. Some people's response to God when he called for them to come and be made be quicker than others. All right. Got to bring it to him in Come from a family of you come from a family of say ten people way out on a out in the country somewhere. All y'all are out there working in the field or playing or whatever. Mama been inside cooking. She come outside and ring the triangular bell. Ding 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 ding. Time to eat. She going back in the kitchen. Well, you got one character, man. I ain't ready to go in right now. I'm going to stay out here a little bit longer. I don't want to come right now. I don't want to come. All the rest go inside. They get their bath. They sit down and start eating. Then the last character come in and ain't got much nothing left but, but scraps. Well, what was the problem? He didn't come when he was called. Bible said many are called, a few are chosen. Some of you on the sound of my voice, you're running on scraps because you won't come when God is calling. Got scrappy, scrappy little lives. Mm. Come on, Father. Scrappy, scrappy little marriages. Scrappy, scrappy little relationships. Scrappy, scrappy little family. You won't call. God said you didn't come when I called you. You even got a parable in the Bible, a parable of the marriage banquet. King went out, sent his men out to go and, and, and call different ones. Individuals start making all kind of excuses. King was like, that's all right. Go out into the streets and different things. Just bring in anybody you can. Not one of them that was invited going to get to come. What does that mean? You, you, you need to understand that your, your blessings, there's a time, there's an expiration date on your blessings. There's a time, there's a time. There's a window of, window of opportunity for your blessing, and you mess around and miss that window of opportunity behind being. Some blessings don't roll around again. All right. Some of y'all are like, oh, Apostle, what are you going to say? How are you going to say that? Marriage was supposed to be for eternity. Adam and the woman, they were in a perfect garden, in a perfect environment, perfect bodies. They were going to live forever. They were going to be married forever. 
when they sin, marriage, not even marriage, even though we can be saved, we thank God, but now marriage is till death do us part. And I wonder if the reason why God decided that marriage was not going to be something eternal because of the problems that they had in marriage that brought sin into into humanity. I just wonder. I don't know. I don't know what Remember, because it was in marriage. That's, that's you know, the, the, the woman sharing with the man the fruit that, that he was not supposed to eat, and he ate, and, you know, this type of thing. And now marriage is no longer, marriage for eternity is no longer on the table. Okay, how much you love your wife? Okay, how much you love your husband? Once he's gone, then he's gone. Once she is gone, then she's, that's the end of that. But there was a time because there wasn't going to be any death. So marriage would have been able to continue forever. God said, not anymore. Mm -mm. I'm going to break that up. I'll break that up. Entrance requirements. Any blessing that God has for you or for me, his word will give us the entrance what? Requirements. Now, keep this in mind. We're getting ready to close this. If you don't want to hear God's word, what you miss out on is the entrance requirements to your own blessings. Hmm? You don't want to hear God's word. You don't want to study God's word. You don't want to, you don't want to sit down and listen to God's word. You feel like you got something better to do. Oh, well, no, you don't, because now what you are doing is you are missing the information that you need to enter into your own promised land, to enter into your own blessings. Some of you out there understand my voice because you won't listen at what the word got to say about marriage. God is withholding marriage from you. Some of you, because you won't listen to what God got to say about preaching. God won't, even though God may have given you the, the, the gift of being able to, that God is withholding it from you. Because any gift that God gives you, any blessing that God gives you, there are, there are words from God that go along with that. It's like an instruction manual. Most of your electronics that you go buy in, in the store, you're going to receive a instruction manual. It's an instruction manual. Well, every blessing that God has for us, there are instruction manuals. God gave Adam and them a great blessing there in the garden. He gave them instruction. God gave a great gift of marriage. God gave instruction about marriage. God gave, you know, God gave a great gift of children. Children are a great gift, beautiful thing. God got instruction about children. The church, the body of Christ. Oh, man, beautiful thing. We thank God, but God got instructions concerning the church. Mess around and get old if you want to. God say in my word, I got instructions for old men. Mess around and become an older woman. Or older, God say I got instructions for older women. There's instruction, instruction, and instruction. And the more instruction that we receive, the more apt and the more able we are to follow those instructions and not only gain our blessing, but be able to hold on to them. Entrance requirements. There's requirements for it. There's a, let God say, look, I'm hearing God right now. God said, Robert, there were requirements for my people to enter into the what? Promised land. And some of them run right in the promised land, aching, and do just the opposite of the instructions. 
Everything was supposed to be devoted to the Lord. Achan run right in the promised land, get him a piece of silver, get him a piece of gold, get him a nice robe, come run and hide it under his tent. God said he didn't follow instruction. Now you can't keep the blessing or your life. He didn't follow instruction. He didn't follow the entrance. What? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we bless your holy name. We thank you. We appreciate you. Everything you've shared with us, Father, you've given us a whole new twist on scriptures that we just finished looking at. And we thank you. We praise you. And we glorify you. We pray, Father, that your word uh, will not just go in one proverbial ear and out the other, but that it will bring forth a harvest in the lives of your people, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what has been sown. These and all other blessings we ask in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our strength and our redeemer, our Lord and our Savior, our shield and our buckler. Let God's people say amen and amen. Question number one, what are two entrance requirements to get in the kingdom? What are two entrance requirements to get in the kingdom? Number two, uh, what will God often do with you through what he's got you doing now? What will God often do with you through what he's got you doing right now? And number two, every blessing that God has for us, he's also got what to go along with it. Every blessing that God has for us, he also has what to go along with it. Since you can reach us through email at thechristensernchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.ourchurch.com, backslash member, backslash, backslash, TCCC. Feel free to join us on TalkShoot's broadcast YouTube and iTunes at 9 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoot, call 724-444-7444 and to ID 17959. type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christensern Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. I wish you in heaven smile you in Jesus' name. Amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.